Hello, welcome back to WOW Reads, a podcast of the World's Words Center of Global Literacies and Literatures, which is committed to creating an international network of people who share the vision of bringing books and children together, thereby opening windows on the world. We encourage thoughtful dialogue around global literature so that children reflect on their own cultural experiences and connect to the experiences of children across the globe. Today we're speaking on this third episode with our middle school reading ambassadors. Worlds of Words, Center of Global Literacies and Literatures, while reading ambassador intuitive offers middle school students a college experience within the University of Arizona College of Education that focuses on books for teens and middle schoolers. Ambassadors learn about young adult literature under the direction of faculty and staff with expertise in children's literature, education, library science, and marketing. We respectfully acknowledge the University of Arizona is on the land and territories of indigenous peoples. Today, Arizona is home to 22 federally recognized tribes, with Tucson being home to the Odom and the Yaqui. Committed to diversity and inclusion, the university strives to build sustainable relationships with sovereign Native nations and indigenous communities through education offerings, partnerships, and community service. Would you be willing to get rid of all of your emotions in order to right a wrong? The Hidden Knife by Melissa Marr weaves together a story of friendship, loss, and family in an intriguing fantasy story full of plot twists. Vicky lives with her family, secluded from everyone. She is an expert with words and swords. Vicky is happy with her life in the woods with her family, but when a shocking twist of events occurs, she is thrust into a whole new world. She soon finds herself at a school called Corvus, one that her parents have warned her about. Let's start with introductions. I'm Sarah Logan. I am a graduate student here at the University of Arizona, and I help um, run the literature discussions with our middle school reading ambassadors. I'm Nia. I'm a middle school reading ambassador. I'm Lily, and I'm also a middle school reading ambassador. I'm Quinn, and I am a middle school reading ambassador. I'm Rebecca. I'm the associate director of the Worlds of Words Center. I'm Carmen, and I'm a middle school reading ambassador. I'm Renee, and as everyone else has said, reading uh, middle school reading ambassador. I'm Avery, and I'm a middle school reading ambassador. And I'm another Quinn and a middle school reading ambassador. Quinn, since you read our introduction, why don't you tell us what the one thing about this book that stood out most to you is? Well, the main character, Vicki, she lives, she is very secluded from everybody else. And after, um, well, something terrible happens to her family, she ends up deciding to get rid of her emotions. And what did you think about that? I thought that it was, well, she had a goal in mind and she knew that the pain inside of her was too much to deal with and she thought that by getting by obliterating these emotions she was feeling this darkness she would feel better when in turn all it did was make things worse how about anybody else would you how would you feel <laughs> it's such a weird question how would you feel getting rid of your feelings i wouldn't you wouldn't why not i personally just think it's not worth it you know I mean 
it'll get better anyway. Why have to go through? And it's painful, too, apparently. Painful to get your emotions removed. So why would you do that? Just go ahead and explain the process of having your emotions removed in the, in the hidden knife in this world. So in this world, essentially, you take like three different potions first for some reason because it needs three. And then someone kind of just walks up, grabs your shadow, and quite literally stabs it out of you. And it doesn't seem very fun, personally. It just... It looks, it's supposed to be painful, and it takes away all emotions except, I think, pain. So that's the only emotion you would want to take away, besides, like, sadness or something. So it doesn't seem worth it. I don't think it would be worth getting rid of your emotions, because I feel that your emotions sort of make you who you are. And by getting rid of them, Vicky lost her ability to be compassionate. I agree with what both of them said, but I can see why Vicky chose to. Like, if you lose someone, I think then you, you guys, everyone knows that the pain is so immense that you just want it to be gone. So I can see why Vicky did that, because she didn't want it, like, her parents died, and she didn't want to feel that pain anymore. But I don't think that was the right choice, because then she couldn't get better. Did it help her in her quest? <laughs> no. I don't think it did. It kind of just was like, oh, yay, no more sad. But then she became kind of like an alter ego, and it did absolutely nothing for her quest at all. So it was kind of just like a plot point, really. And how, and how did it help or hinder her creating relationships with other characters? She didn't exactly want to be friends with some of the characters that she meant she met in the book and they actually ended up being very helpful to her quest i think if vicky had had her emotions she would have recognized sooner that these people were good and that they were her friends and that she should rely on them more one of the characters in the book that uh, i am so tickled with are the gargoyles and I remember, I, I, want, I want you to gargoyle say. Gargoyle feathers. Exactly. <laughs> what, happens, what happens with gargoyle feathers that so tickled you? They hit people in the head and they, it's funny. They hit Alistair on the head. And I, it really has nothing to do with the book at all. But like, he's the best character. We and know you can find you me like Alistair. <laughs> yeah, the gargoyles fall Alistair around. So the feathers are constantly falling on his head and they're still stone so it hurts as well it's hard to figure out like do they like him or not i mean they yes. follow him around so they must like him but they also both yes <laughs> there's a lot of interesting characters we have what are some of the other kinds of characters uh there was eva the chimera who mm -hmm. she's probably my favorite character there are the kelpies there's milan the educated street thief there's the queen, which is probably my favorite character because she has a lot of depth to her. Like, at first she seems not at all deep and shallow, who just killed Vicky's parents. But then you find out that there's more to her and that she's a lot like Vicky and that, yeah, she's more, she has a lot of depth. There's Algeron, who is the son of an alchemist. There's Rupert, who is one of the gargoyles. There's Mary, who is a fellow woodwalker. 
Sarah, rem remind me when we when we listed all the characters earlier, you had pages of them, mm -hmm. many, many. Yeah, I want to say twenty or more. Um, I have them all. Yeah, close to twenty. I'm sure there's more than that. Um, I think Algernon. I had Master Nightshade. I found him to be really interesting. He was the queen's chief poisoner, um, kind of the master alchemist. Um, he housed street thieves um, and had them work for him, which his son thought that he was kind of killing them off, but he was actually giving them better lives. So we had an opportunity to talk to Melissa. She came down and she talked to us and she had done a lot of research and a lot of research in which countries? Do you guys remember? She was in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in Europe because of the architecture which inspired the city. I think she was in London because it takes place in the Victorian era and that was the entire setting is kind of based off of that area. Before we go on to like stuff like that, I'd like to throw out a big fancy literature term that at least I think is a literature term. Shavok's gun. I've heard of it a few times before, and it seems to apply to this story very well. It's the theory that if you introduce a gun or some kind of special power or something into a story, it should go off before the end. And I thought that was something interesting to bring up for this book. Did we, what, was, what would our gun be, and did it go off? I'd personally say the gun itself would be Vicky. Just all the things she can do, but didn't do, per se. And that's just, that's something to be brought up for something like this. Did she go off? No, I don't like, think so. She has, she supposedly has these super strong magical powers, but she practically never uses them. Another weak point that all of us found was the ending. Apparently, uh, according to an editorial suggestion. Melissa Marr cut it a bit short. Despite her protests. <laughs> I mean, there's a, they, she came out with another book. So the new book is? The Hidden Dragon. And you've started it? I have started it, and it's, it's a good book. I definitely say it's a nice follow-up. It doesn't exactly follow the exact same plot or characters, but it's still a nice thing to read, and it's in the same universe after all, so if you want to see more of the characters, it's a nice place to go. So the editor maybe helped out and that we got a second book, but maybe uh, this story didn't go how we would have planned it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So the ambassadors, you all wrote um, a review and they were all published in Pine Reads Review, so if you want to um, see m more of those, you guys can uh, the public, listening public, can um, Google Pine Reads Review and look up these reviews. Do, do you guys remember what you said in those? No. Mine was mostly about how great the world building was, and there was just a lot of interesting, in-depth characters that really added something to it. But of course, I think all of us had something about the ending in there, not being what we thought it could be or would have been. But all in all, it had good things to say about it besides that. I'm pretty sure my review was just about gargoyle feathers, but I can't really remember. <laughs> yeah, so um, so the book is really engaging. We, we like the world building, we like the characters, and we like most of the plot. We were just still waiting for the gun to go off. 
per se, yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody, would anybody like to talk a little bit about what it was like to meet Melissa? Oh, she was amazing. She was super engaging with the audience and she gave these beautiful explanations to all of the questions that we asked her. And she was super nice. And it really helped, uh, it helped me at least to understand the story more and to get more in depth with the characters. And after meeting her and after having these discussions, I liked the book even more because it's not really a book you can just read. You have to insert yourself into the city. You have to walk with the characters. You have to be there to understand what's going on and to fully fall in love with it. Meeting with Melissa Marr also opened me up to a new book series that she co-authored, The Blackwell Pages, along with some other books that she wrote. And that was really nice. I could just be wrong about this, but it seems pretty dedicated that she really went to different places to find information about the settings of her story, because that just seems really dedicated to her work, to what she wants to do. And it's just really cool to know that she took inspiration from actual things in the real world for it. Yes, I noticed that the characters closely resembled the nature of real people, like really deep and complicated. And important social issues were addressed, such as the poverty of the street thief and shifts in power that Vicky not only discovers in other people, but in herself. Also, we know that purple is her favorite color. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and purple is also popular among this group. There's a purple <laughs> water bottle on our table. Um, and she brought us purple pens. Mm -hmm. Carmen used to have purple hair. I had purple hair <laughs> when she came. It's faded out to pink. But I was very honored when she complimented me because she is amazing. She also had purple hair. She also had purple hair. <laughs> Well, that's great. Thank you guys so much for sharing your thoughts about The Hidden Knife. Would anybody like to share what our next book is? Our next book is The Many Assassins, Assassinations of Simmer, the Seller of Dreams. And we're going to meet Daniel Nayeri when? The, the Tucson Festival of Books. Excellent. Yes. 1 to 2 p.m. on how, Sunday. How do you pronounce that? I pronounce it Samir. Oh, I guess I'm just wrong on that one. Wait, no, no, <laughs> Well, this is exciting because this will be something that in our next episode that we can um, really uh, pin down because we will have him, we will meet him and we will get to find out what, what that is. All right, so I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank Sarah Logan, our lit discussant. I would like to thank Liam Arias, our sound engineer and podcast guru. We are recording from the Dial Lab in the University of Arizona College of Education, and so shout out to them. Thank you so much. <laughs>